Good morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. Today I'm preaching on our New Testament text, which is the Gospel of John chapter 4, verses 5 through 30 and 39 through 42. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain. But you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he the one who is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came. They were astonished to see that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to meet him. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, 
and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Writer Eugene Peterson <clears throat> found an analogy for modern spiritual quests in, of all things, a Winnie the Pooh story. In one of the many tales from the Hundred Acre Woods, Christopher Robin and company decided to set out one day in search of the North Pole. At one point along the way, young Rue falls into a stream and needs to be rescued. Poor Pooh Bear eventually uses a long pole to fish his friend out of the water. Once this emergency has passed, the animals stand around and discuss what had just happened. As they were talking, Christopher Robin notices that Pooh is standing there with the rescue pole still in his paw. Pooh, where did you get that pole? I found it earlier, Pooh replies. I thought it might be useful. Pooh, Christopher Robin says excitedly, the expedition is over. You found the North Pole. Oh, says Pooh, I did. Eventually, Christopher Robin sinks the pole into the ground and hangs a flag on it with this message. The North Pole, discovered by Pooh. Pooh found it. Then they all go home again, satisfied that the quest was successful. This story, Peterson suggests, bears some resemblance to the way many people in recent years have gone about their various spiritual quests. Everyone knows that despite early 20th century predictions that spirituality would retreat as technology and science advanced, quite the opposite proved to be true. The very generation of people that was raised in a technological world of computers, Blu-ray players, the internet, and cell phones proved to be one of the most spiritually hungry generations in recent times. In fact, people use the internet to explore spirituality by visiting the startling array of religious websites that exist in cyberspace. One estimate claims that there are nearly 10,000 different books currently in print that dole out spiritual advice. Many of these have been bestsellers over the years, which means that some of the same people buy different books all the time. But that only means that the spiritual pole they confidently labeled as the North Pole six months ago must have not turned out to be the end destination after all. If it had been, they would not have made yet another expedition to the bookstore in search of newer, fresher, different answers. Remember the Oprah Winfrey show? 
It seemed that every few months, Oprah introduced us to a new spiritual advisor of one sort or another, and we were told to buy his or her book for the answer to all our life journey questions. In today's gospel text, we see several examples of a search concluding with a different outcome than expected or wanted, yet the outcome is the correct one. We see a woman coming to a well for water. She's physically thirsty, in need of water. Yet Jesus was waiting for her at the well, and he offers her a different kind of water, living water that means she will thirst no more. She's thrilled with the offer of water that will quench her thirst forever, a water that means she will be satisfied. She will be able to put an end to her endless trek to the well. And as we know, she does not understand this living water that Jesus offered. As our story tells us, the woman was in need of healing and repletion for her spirit, but she thought none existed for her. She was not even looking at this point to be restored spiritually. She thought she was beyond help. Her life was in tatters and her fate was sealed. Then Jesus explains to her that he is the Messiah, that he can put her life back together. In fact, he will give her a new life where her spirit is healed and she will thirst no more. She will be restored. Before Jesus makes his declaration of being the Messiah, the woman, thinking that she's speaking to a prophet, uses the opportunity to ask a question about worship. She said, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. If the answer was Jerusalem, she had no hope because no way would she, a Samaritan, and a fallen woman be able to enter Jerusalem, no less the temple. It would prove that God had no more use for this outcast than her neighbors did. Jesus lets her know that she does not need to go somewhere to worship God. He's standing right in front of her. Jesus meets this marginalized, cast-off woman where she is, he came to her. Jesus came to this well to meet this woman and restore her spirit to wholeness. And once she understands what she has received and who gave it to her, she runs back to the village to share the good news that the Messiah is here. Jesus ends up staying two days to preach his message of hope and salvation to the whole village. I find it interesting that this woman goes back to her village to eagerly share this opportunity for healing, hope, and restoration with those who refuse to give her healing, hope, and restoration within the village community. From Jesus' unconditional love, she learned how to receive and how to give. Did you catch the word play on living water? 
Living water has a few meanings. Living water is unprocessed water sourced directly from nature, such as spring water. <clears throat> living water can refer to moving water, such as bubbling up in a spring or flowing in a river. The opposite is still water, such as what is found in a cistern or a well. It just sets there. In scripture, rivers of living water represent the Holy Spirit's presence and power poured out on Jesus' followers. It's moving, working to cleanse and sanctify the heart of God's people. In John 7, verses 37 through 39, Jesus speaks of living water, saying, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. Did you notice that right after the woman asked for living water, Jesus told her to go and invite and bring others to him. Jesus tells us that it's an obligation of a disciple, of a believer, to share the good news with those still hungering for it, with those who do not know the source of light, life, hope, and truth, those who do not know Jesus. Could it be that if we do not pass living water on, if we do not keep it moving, that it becomes like still and stale water in a cistern. One more point. In verse 23, Jesus says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. How is worshiping in spirit and truth different from other types of worship? Can one worship God in flesh and dishonesty? I think so. I picture fleshly worship as something we do, worship centered on our actions, as opposed to in spirit being something that God is doing, what God has done what God has promised to do. That is something worth worshiping. If we heard the word and we've received the sacrament, God has come to us with divine love and forgiveness. And God's requirement for receiving his forgiveness is to be truthful about our sinfulness. If we try to hide our true selves from God, we are being deceitful and we are not worshiping in spirit and truth. Does this mean that if we don't feel like worshiping, if we just go through the motions, that it's a worthless worship, or that we somehow nullify the worship moment? Well, if that was always your practice, yes. However, I believe there are times that the world is so consuming and our hardships are so weighing us down that we are just showing up and going through the motions of the worship service. I believe God understands that and blesses our effort to at least show up. 
We are still staying in the habit of worshiping, of showing up, of staying in communion with the saints until we are once again able to lift our alleluias. I will close with this. A Mercedes-Benz TV commercial shows one of their cars colliding with a concrete wall during a safety test. Someone then asked the Mercedes engineer why their company does not enforce their patent on their car's energy-absorbing car body. The Mercedes design has been copied by almost every other car maker in the world, in spite of the fact that they have an exclusive patent. The engineer replies in a clipped German accent, because in life, some things are just too important not to share. Some things are just too important not to share. As Christians, we believe that the good news of Jesus Christ is one of those things that is too important not to share. No, that's an understatement. We believe that Jesus Christ must be shared with our friends, with our neighbors, with the world. The Christian faith has advanced through the ages by people who answered Christ's directive to share his message of restoration and salvation. People who were willing to take upon themselves the responsibility of being evangelists to spread the good news of Christ. Will you heed Jesus' word to go and tell others? Will you keep the living water flowing? Amen.